presents The Fifth Ward, First Watch, written by Dale Lucas, read by Simon Vance. For Lily. Chapter One. Rem awoke in a dungeon with a thunderous headache. He knew it was a dungeon because he lay on a thin bed of straw and because there were iron bars between where he lay and a large chamber outside. The light was spotty, some of it from torches in sconces outside his cell, some from a few tiny windows high on the stone walls, admitting small streams of wan sunlight. Moving nearer the bars, he noted that his cell was one of several, each roomy enough to hold multiple prisoners. A large pile of straw on the far side of his cell coughed, shifted, then started to snore. Clearly, Rem was not alone. And just how did I end up here? he wondered. I seem to recall a winning streak at Roll the Bones. He could not remember clearly, but if the lumpy soreness of his face and body were any indication, his dice game had gone awry. If only he could clear his pounding head or slake his thirst, his tongue and throat felt like shark skin. Desperate for a drink, Rem crawled to a nearby bucket, hoping for a little brackish water. To his dismay, he found that it was the piss jar, not a water bucket, and not well rinsed at that. The sight and smell made Rem recoil with a gag. He went sprawling back onto the hay. A few feet away, his cellmate muttered something in the tongue of the Costa folk, then resumed snoring. Somewhere across the chamber, a multi-tumbler lock clanked and clacked. Rusty hinges squealed as a great door lumbered open. From the other cells, Rem heard prisoners roused from their sleep, shuffling forward hurriedly to thrust their arms out through the cage bars. If Rem didn't misjudge, there were only about four or five other prisoners in all the dungeon cells. A select company, to be sure. Perhaps it was a slow day for the Yonaran city watch. Four men marched into the dungeon. Well, three marched. The fourth seemed a little more reticent, being dragged by two others behind their leader, a thick-set man with black hair, sullen eyes, and a drooping moustache. Prefect, sir, Rem heard from an adjacent cell, there's been a terrible mistake. From across the chamber, Prefect, sir, someone must have spiked my ale, because the last thing I remember, I was enjoying an evening out with some mates. From off to the left, Prefect, sir, I have a chest of treasure waiting back at my rooms at the sauntering mink. A gold cup full of rubies and emeralds is yours if you'll just let me out of here. Prefect, sir, Prefect, sir, over and over again. Rem decided that thrusting his own arms out and begging for the prefect's attention was useless. What would he do? Claim his innocence? Promise riches if they'd let him out? That was quite a tall order when Rem himself couldn't remember what he'd done to get in here. If he could just clear his thunder-addled, achingly thirsty brain. The sullen-eyed prefect led the two who dragged the prisoner down a short flight of steps into a shallow sort of operating theatre in the centre of the dungeon, the interrogation pit, like some shallow bath that someone had let all the water out of. On one side of the pit was a brick oven in which fire and coals glowed. Opposite the oven was a burbling fountain. Rem thought these additions rather ingenious. Whatever elemental need one had, fire to burn with, water to drown with, both were readily provided. The floor of the pit, Rem guessed, probably sported a couple of grates that led right down into the sewers, as well as the tools of the trade, 
a table full of torturers' implements, a couple of hot braziers, some chairs and manacles. Rem hadn't seen the inside of any city dungeons, but he'd seen their private equivalents. Had it been the dungeon of some march lord up north from his own country, that's what would have been waiting in the little amphitheatre. "'Come on, Ontago, you know me,' the prisoner pleaded. "'This isn't necessary.' "'Fraid so,' sullen-eyed Ondego said, his low voice easy and without malice. "'The chair, lads.' The two guardsmen flanking the prisoner were a study in contrasts. One a tall, rugged sort, face stony and flecked with stubble, shoulders broad, while the other was lithe and graceful, sporting braided black locks, skin the colour of dark stained wood, and a tell-tale pair of tapered, pointing ears. Staring, Rem realised that second guardsman was no man at all, but an elf, and female at that. Here we